0: motherhood and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to be here today with our guest, Eva Klein. She is a Certified Infant and Child Sleep Consultant and is the founder of My Sleeping Baby and the Sleep Bible Program. Thank you so much for joining me, Eva. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So, a little bit more about Eva. She is a proud wife and mother of two girls and a boy who are all great sleepers and lives with her family in Toronto. She provides individual sleep consultations, facilitates group seminars, and runs an online sleep program and community called The Sleep Bible. Eva's main goal is to help her clients establish healthy sleep habits for their children. After experiencing the debilitating effects of chronic sleep deprivation from her middle child, Eva was inspired to help families overcome their sleep challenges. Eva truly empathizes with her clients' sleep troubles and personally invests herself in their sleep journey. She has helped over 2,000 families to date get themselves a champion sleeper for life. That is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, and I think sleep is such an important topic right now. Uh, We're in this crazy time. And getting a good night's sleep can make such a huge difference with everything else going on in our lives. So particularly now with COVID-19, our overall health and wellness is of like the utmost importance. Sleep, obviously such a significant part of this. So I was wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about why sleep is just so awesome.
1: I mean, it's a game changer because when you have the ability to wake up after having a proper night's sleep, it means that you can wake up the best version of yourself. And when you're you're starting your day after having a broken night's sleep, you know, your baby was waking you up multiple times, you know, your little one was in your bed, you know, kicking you all night long and you just weren't able to sleep properly, you're not waking up the best version of yourself. I mean, you're waking up feeling like you got hit by a truck. And that just doesn't, it doesn't fly on a good day. And in the thick of a pandemic, when you've got your kids home, it's impossible. It is, it is physically and emotionally impossible to get through the day, day in and day out on broken, horrible quality sleep without, without something being given in the process. And that's, that something is going to likely be your mental and emotional health. So, I think we all owe it to ourselves to prioritize our sleep and our little ones' sleep so that we can all be the best version of ourselves. And and that's going to serve us, that's going to turn out to be crucial when it comes to navigating this. New normal, whatever the heck we want to call it. Right. I mean, I know that things are opening up, but you know what? Let's face it. When you're a parent and you've got young kids home until your kids are back in school, back in daycare, back in camp or wherever, whatever your previous arrangement was like, it's as if we're in lockdown. A huge extent. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited to hear that, you know, in Toronto soon I'll be able to take my kids for haircuts because they are very overdue. And my my husband, in particular, the last haircut that I gave him did not go very well. So I'm 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 excited that we're gonna have that option real soon. However, it does not replace having my children in school being taught by somebody else. It doesn't replace having my 21 month old, adorable, but insane toddler home all day. And so beforehand, when my kids were you know, out of the house for at least some of the day, my, my son was in a part-time daycare program beforehand, um, sleep was always important, but I would argue now it's, it's paramount. It's a non-negotiable, otherwise there's just too much much outside unavoidable stress that we are all having to navigate that the extra stress from sleep deprivation makes it just impossible.
0: Absolutely. I I find when I get a good night's sleep, I feel more patient. I feel more calm. And you can see the effects of it on our kids and on our family life and that as a whole. Absolutely. It is a game changer. And I mean, obviously, this is such a shock to all of our systems having this crazy time upon us, but I think back to when I was a new mom, and I think I thought I knew what being tired was all about, and I remember meeting moms with young kids, and they'd be talking about how they were tired, but I don't think you truly understand until you become a mom, because it was such a shock to my system. Uh, my sleep or like more or less lack thereof sleep in the beginning was crazy. Um, And it really, I found, threw me off and it just made it so much harder to deal with things. And once we had, you know, longer stretches of sleep at night and kind of got some good patterns established with our kids, it was a game changer So what would be your top tips for getting babies and young children to sleep?
1: Yes. So before I answer your question, I just want to also mention it's a game changer for your little ones as well. Let's not forget that, yes, we, the parents need sleep, but our little ones are also human too. And humans, regardless of age are designed to need good quality sleep in order to be able to thrive. So by you prioritizing sleep, we're not just talking about yours, we're talking about your little ones as well. Everybody wins from this type of thing. So I just wanted to to clarify that. Now, with regards to how you can go about maximizing your little one's sleep, so here's, here's a few things. Number one, you want to make sure that you are you are in that your little one's sleep environment is optimized for good quality sleep. So what does that mean? You want to make sure, first of all, that your little one's room is dark. Don't worry about your little one getting their days and nights mixed up. When they're no longer a newborn, you don't have to worry about that. They have a biological clock. They know the difference between daytime and nighttime. They're not going to take an eight-hour nap, I promise you. So that's when you're going to want to get some heavy-duty blackout lines up in your little one's room so that there isn't... Too much sunlight coming into your little one's room during the daytime, impacting their naps. You want to also make sure that you've got a white noise machine, whether or not it's for a baby, a toddler, or even a preschooler. I'll say white noise is fantastic because it drowns out background noise and it creates a very calm, soothing sleep environment, which is great for the younger ones because when with these little infants, it's very easy for them to get woken up from background noise. You know, the lawnmower or, you know, the snowplow, depending on what season we're in, um, can all interrupt sleep. And then with the older ones, where oftentimes their imaginations start to run wild, they start to get scared, they hear noises, um, they, they think that the gust of wind or the creaky floor is, you know, a monster. You have white noise running in the background and they can't hear that background noise it's a win-win for everyone and then I, I would say that now with COVID-19 when everyone is home if you've got a baby or a toddler snapping and you've got other ones maybe you've got you know an older kid or older children you know running around the house making noise um, who are normally in school this is when I would say it's more important than ever to get your little one a white noise machine so that all that background noise doesn't, uh, doesn't interrupt your little one's super important daytime naps. So what did I say in terms of sleep environment? Blackout lines, white noise machine. Um, and you just want to make sure that your little one's room, whether it's your own room, if your little one's still sleeping in your room or or their own room, just in terms of decor, you want to make sure that there aren't Uh, really bright colors or anything that's particularly, you know, distracting or stimulating, you really want the room to have calm, you know, pale tones that are going to make it much easier for your little one to settle and wind down. So sleep environment is very, very important. So that's number one, you know, blackout blinds, white noise, machine, relaxing, cool tones, and decor, nothing too distracting. The second thing that we'll talk about is having your little one on an age-appropriate schedule or routine. So this is huge. And I don't just mean putting your little one on any kind of schedule or routine. I'm talking about the, the type of schedule that your little one needs for his or her age. You see, uh, the, one of the biggest sleep stealers out there for babies and young children of all ages is overtiredness. So overtiredness basically means that your little one is just not getting enough sleep over a twenty-four hour period. And so when I'm working with families or I'm helping out, you know, the moms in, in my online coaching program, they know, you know, I've trained them that whenever they're they're asking me a question to post a 24 hour, or sometimes even just a 12 hour daytime sleep log, because I want to see when is your baby waking and when is your baby napping? And if your baby isn't waking and napping when she needs to be napping, if she's up for periods of time that are too long, then your little one is going to get overtired. And overtiredness can cause night wakings. So, yes, to spell it out, if your little one needs to go down for a nap at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and she ends up not going down for this nap until 2 o'clock and she gets overtired as a result and then the nap ends up being short and crummy and not so restorative, that can cause her to wake up at 1 a.m. 12 hours later. So what, what goes on during the day directly impacts what happens at night. It's, it's huge to make sure that your little one is waking and sleeping when she needs to be waking and sleeping. And so the main factor that we use to determine when your little one needs to be sleeping is what's called the wake window. awake period so that term refers to the amount of time that a baby can be up for before she needs to go back to sleep that's what the the basic definition is so there are ranges obviously you know when it comes to how long the baby can be up for um but every baby is going to be a little bit different and so your goal is to kind of figure out where does your individual baby fit in that range so for example A six-month-old baby typically needs to sleep every two to two and a half hours, right? So what you, the mom of a six-month-old, want to figure out is, okay, what's my little one's sweet spot here? Because if your little one's tired after two hours but goes to sleep after two and a half hours, guess what? She's going to be overtired. And then that overtiredness can cause her to wake up at night. So having your little one on a solid age-appropriate schedule or routine that's taking these wake periods into account is crucial. It's, it's, it's an unavoidable, massive part of implementing any sleep plan for baby uh, for babies and kids of any age range in order to be able to maximize their sleep. So that's what I would say is Step number two, or you know tip number two with regards to maximizing your little one's sleep is prioritize those naps, prioritize that daytime schedule. Number three is your teach your little one how to fall asleep independently and how to stay asleep independently. moms, this is also huge. I would say it's just as huge as number one and number two I mean these are all huge. Uh, that need to to all be addressed simultaneously. You see, if your little one relies on any kind of assistance to fall asleep, she needs to be fed to sleep, rocked to sleep, held to sleep, needs to lie in your bed, needs something, and you're not able to just put her into the crib wide awake, say good night and leave. What that means is that there is a high likelihood that your little one is going to wake up at night, not because she's hungry, not because she's hot or cold or lonely or scared or anything of the sort. She's waking up because she needs you to come and recreate those conditions to be able to help her fall back to sleep. Because sleep science dictates that how we fall asleep initially is what sets the tone for the rest of the night. And so if I fall asleep in my bed and I wake up on my kitchen floor, I'm going to likely <laughs> jolt myself awake and go, how did I end up here? And how do I get back to my bed? So if your baby is falling asleep in your arms and she's waking up in her crib, the exact same thing. And where she's going to go, how did I end up here? And how do I get back into my mom's arms? Because that's where I felt asleep with and I want her to help me to fall back to sleep. So when your little one has these independent sleep skills, you end up avoiding so many unnecessary night wakings because it means that your little one's got those skills, got those tools in his or her toolbox to be able to stay asleep throughout the night. So those off the cuff, I would say, are my three massive Unavoidable um, success steps for everyone to take. You know, make sure that the sleep environment is ideal for good quality sleep. Make make sure your little one's got a rocking schedule with some good quality apps. And number three, make sure your little one knows how to fall asleep independently and and stay sleep independently throughout the night.
0: I think that's fantastic advice. And I really appreciate how you broke it down and made your tips so tangible and so actionable. So that is fantastic. And even in listening to that, you know, like having a great sleep environment and having a schedule and not letting uh, yourself even or your children get overtired. Those really are things that are good to be mindful for everyone. Big kids like adults, like ourselves and older children and just everyone. Those are really important things to remember. And then Setting up those conditions establishes those healthy sleep patterns for everybody. And, and, and as you um, stressed and mentioned, it really is a win for all of us because we all need yes. that good quality Absolutely. sleep. And I guess with all of those great tips, what would be the one thing that you would want to scream from the rooftops for every tired mom to hear?
1: You don't have to be tired if I could scream that over and over and over again, you don't have to be exhausted while you're raising your babies and young kids. For those of you in the back, I'm going to repeat this again. (laughs) You don't have to be exhausted while raising your babies and young kids. And you see, here's the thing. With previous generations of parents, that was actually the case, right? Like our moms, when they were raising us, did not know about healthy sleep habits and sleep hygiene and maximizing their little one's sleep. They were all chronically exhausted. Every single one of them. Or maybe in their groups of mom friends, there'd be that one mom that gave birth to a unicorn baby that magically sleeps and they all are secretly shooting daggers at her. You know, there's that one friend. My mom's to this day remembers that one friend that had two babies that just magically slept, right? So don't get me wrong, those unicorn babies to this day still exist, but I've personally never given birth to a unicorn baby. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, all three of my kids, to some extent, needed proper sleep habits and sleep hygiene in order for them to be able to sleep properly at night. And you see, unlike that previous generation or previous generations of parents who had no idea what to do, we now know how to get our little ones sleeping. It's honestly revolutionary. revolutionary. It really is because up until recently, there was no such thing as a well-rested mom. Of a <laughs> that just, it was like an oxymoron almost. It just yeah. did not exist. And, and it's, it's so interesting because um, my 21-month-old was born a month after my cousin had her first baby. So we both have boys, you know, a month apart and we're a very close family, you know, we're first cousins and we see each other a lot. And so whenever we would get together and she ended up joining, she was struggling with her baby sleep. um, when he was four or five months, she joins my online coaching program. She got him sleeping straight through the night. And so at every single family get together, we'd be coming with our cute little babies and our (laughs) well-rested demeanor and our aunts. Who are now, you know, in their 60s. So again, this is they were raising kids in a pre- in and multiple generations ago are looking at us and going, how are you both so well rested? So <laughs> you neither of you are tired. And uh, and they would look at me and they'd say, okay, I know you do this for a living, so I yeah. guess you're not allowed to be tired. But my cousin would say, but I'm listening to Eva's advice. So of course <laughs> I'm not tired either. And so nobody could quite figure out at first how this was possible because this whole notion of a well-rested mom did not exist until very recently. And so what I would love to scream from the rooftops is come join me because it's a wonderful, wonderful world to be living in my son who's 21 months i kid you not i am not exaggerating when i say i do not remember the last time that he woke me up at night yeah i promise you i do not remember the last time he ever gave me trouble falling asleep and he ever woke up before he should have woken up actually i do remember there was one time where we had moved into our new house and we had contractors that came into our basement at five o'clock in the morning and started (laughs) drilling. And so then my son got woken up. (laughs) Literally that's the one time that I can think of. So we had to go and yell at the contractors at five o'clock in the morning. Why are you in our house drilling? Um, But other than that, you know, very obvious sort of unavoidable situation. I don't wake up with my son. I haven't woken up with him for, you know, who knows how long. And, and it's honestly a game changer because it means that I can enjoy being a mom so much more than when I'm exhausted and crabby. I'm sure you can relate.
0: Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. No, I've always been one who's needed my sleep. And uh, yes, it, it has, it definitely made a huge difference when our kids were small and they slept and yes, for us, it was so important to have those routines established and really prioritize sleep for us and our kids. And it just made me and my husband and all of us like just better people overall. So yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like sleep. <laughs> it's you know, a good and thing. I
1: would say every mom out there needs sleep. You know? yes. yes, I know that some need more than others. You know, they say that adults need somewhere between seven to nine hours of sleep a night, eight, Eight being the average, but the adults that only need seven still need seven, and when their infants are waking them up every two hours all night long, they're not getting that seven hours of sleep, and so they're suffering just as much as anyone else is. So I I would argue every single one of us needs sleep, and none of us are meant to function without it.
0: No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to ask you too. Thank you again for all those fantastic tips. Uh, As a certified infant and child sleep consultant, and also being a mom of three kids, you obviously have a lot on your plate. So, how do you make your juggle work for you and your family? My husband. Honestly, my,
1: my husband and I play equal roles when it comes to our kids when it comes to housework when it comes to cooking and errands and grocery shopping and, and just day-to-day life and yes there are certain errands that he does or certain chores that you know he does that I don't do and certain things that I do that you know he doesn't do but you know for the most part no one and no, no one is obviously keeping score here but for this to work it really is a 50-50 partnership, right? When it comes to making our home run because we're both working, you know, we're both working. I run a, my my business is, thank God, very full-time. He has a full-time corporate job as well. And this whole notion of, well, you're the wife or you're the mom, so you also have to be the designated, you know, cook and grocery shopper and, um, and, and, and and, you know, for the kids and just doing everything else around the house. It, it just wouldn't work. Like I'd, I'd collapse really <laughs> if I had to do the equivalent of two full-time jobs. And so, you know, having his help and support Makes what I do doable. Like I'll just tell you right now, you know, my son's gonna be waking up from his nap in about eight minutes. My husband knows that. My husband knows <laughs> that I'm currently doing a podcast interview right now, and so he knows. Okay, yes, because of this pandemic, he's working at home. Yeah. Um, but he just knows that he's gonna he's gonna be on. We call it JJ duty because my son is, <laughs> is name JJ. He's on JJ duty. Um, until, until I'm, I'm done this interview, um, without, without him, I wouldn't be able to serve my clients, serve my members and, and have the business that I have and, and make the impact that, um, that I'm able to make.
0: Well, and that's fantastic. And hopefully he listens because um, he'll be able to hear how much you appreciate all of his support and having that incredible partnership. And I, I agree, right? Like having that support from your husband is fantastic. And I so appreciate um, my, my husband and all, uh, all the ways that he supports me and my family as well. And even one of the things that I remember um, just in becoming parents was how he would encourage me to go out and have time to myself. And yes. and that was huge. The fact that um, you know he could he could and wanted to be home at the ki- with the kids, and I could go and and go off somewhere. And that I just felt really filled me up, and something I so appreciated, especially when the kids were little. It was just nice. Um, to even be told to get out of the house and have a break. refill your tank. Yeah, Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it's so nice to to have that partnership and to have that support. And obviously becoming a mom is just such a huge life change in so many ways, including sleep. And there's so much learning and growing that goes along with this. So what would you say is the one thing you've learned about yourself through your motherhood journey?
1: Yeah, one thing that I've definitely learned is that it's very important to be particular with who you allow into your inner circles. And I'm not saying this in a pompous way by any means. It's just that you want to surround yourself with people who are going to bring you up and you want to and you and you also want to be with people that you can bring up as well of course it has to be a two way street here the relationship needs to be 100% 100% on both ends but you know when when you're around people who are maybe not even necess- not maybe not intentionally but you know the nature of the conversations it brings you down it ends up you know making you feel guilty or bad or self conscious about what you're doing, decisions that you're making as a parent, and and you just don't feel great afterwards, motherhood is hard enough as is. And you don't need outside pressure from, you know, quote unquote friends that, that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And so, you know, if, if you're constantly not feeling positive when you're around, you know, your your so-called friends, it might be a matter of reevaluating, you know, who you're allowing into your inner circles and make sure that you are protective over your mental health and emotional energy because, listen, kids is... We we love our kids dearly, but, you know, and they they bring us up. But at the same time, a lot of motherhood is draining, right? And we just need to make sure that when we're around our friends or peers, that we're around people that are going to help refuel ourselves. And we're around people that will allow us to refuel them as well. And, um, and, And if you're finding that maybe a friend of yours from the past is just no longer fitting that criteria, you want to be protective over your emotional energy and make sure that you're not draining it on, you know, on someone that doesn't, that might just not matter in the grand scheme of things. Do you, maybe you've had those experiences as well, you know, becoming a mom and just recognizing that whoever was in your inner circles before, maybe, maybe needs to, maybe needs to be in an outer circle, you know,
0: moving forward. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And I, I think, you know, time is precious, right? And I think finding those, those people, and it's not so much just like, it's not about what you get. It's what, as you said, what you give and how you're there for one another, but you know, those people that just fill your soul, right? Like, Um, I found as our kids, especially two have gotten older, um, you know, I connect with moms who had kids of a similar age, but beyond that, we might not have a ton in common necessarily. And as you kind of get to know one another better, you find those people that, you know, really have your back and uh, prioritize the same things and value the same things. And and those relationships are good, I find, for our whole family, right? Like it's yes. uh, the the family and friend traditions that you have, or uh, having those strong, um, important connections with girlfriends, like as moms, it's good for my whole family too, because it's it's that piece about you can't pour from an empty cup, and I find. Those, relationship, those relationships are so important in kind of filling my cup and making right. me feel like me, myself, and having yeah. having that time for me too. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. it's hard. It's hard as a mom, right, still sort of navigating those relationships. But I think, uh, yeah, prioritizing your village. A hundred
1: percent. And being protective yeah. over who is in your inner circle and, you know, who um, – who is who is in who is in that little village of yours. I mean I think it's also important to remember like we're we're not in high school anymore, right? Where where we're stuck being around the same people day in and day out, even if we might not necessarily like them. You know, now (laughs) that we are we're well past that stage in life, we can just say, hey, you know what? Not really quite sure. I really didn't enjoy that last you know, coffee meetup that, you know, joint play date that, you know, we, we went out to lunch together. I really didn't enjoy that very much. I really left feeling kind of crummy. I felt like she, you know, this person was judging me for, you know, this, for what I said about this and what I said about that. And in high school, you can't necessarily avoid those. (laughs) No, but in adulthood you can. And it's really wonderful. It's yeah. really, really fantastic. So I would encourage you, if that's how you feel sometimes, take advantage of the fact that it's, you, can, you can go and, and find other people to join your village instead and absolutely fill, fill your soul and make you feel good and have people that you can also make feel good too.
0: Yeah, I love that advice. Thank you. That is a fantastic thing to share. Uh, I know our community will greatly appreciate that. And I wanted to ask you as well, along those lines, um, in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real. So it often looks like and feels like everyone has it way more together than we do at times. And obviously, motherhood is truly an adventure. So I was wondering if you had a mommy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us. So maybe a mistake or something you wished you had done differently or a learning opportunity that you had.
1: Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I've definitely been that mom who has had multiple calls from the school office wondering why I forgot to pick up my kids from school because it was a half day or it was early dismissal and... Silly me! I didn't read the tenth email <laughs> that was sent from my school that day. I only read the first nine, so I missed that email reminding me of uh, of the early dismissals. And um, so that's I'm I'm that mom. I'll I'll tell you that you know flat out that. When I do remember that my kids have an early dismissal and I actually pick them up on time, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I know love that. the kind of thing that just comes so naturally to you know uh, to, to some moms. They're just naturally they've they they read all ten <laughs> emails from the school <laughs> each day and and every early dismissal is plugged into their calendar at the beginning of September. I I. I envy, I wish I have a lot to learn from, um, from those moms, you know, when I make it to my kid's dentist appointment on time, I'm very proud of myself because sometimes I don't, I don't make it, you know, there was a, a class mom arranging gifts for the teachers at the end of the year. And the deadline to send an e-transfer was literally an hour after I had sent. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, my, my Instagram feed might be kind of pretty, but, but behind the scenes there are certain aspects of things where I'm kind of just flying by the
0: seat of my pants <laughs> I hear you it's a lot to keep straight in your mind right it's a lot to keep track of um I feel oftentimes my mind is so full and those things especially when they're not when they're sort of out of routine and they're not the same as day-to-day they can be yeah. so difficult to keep track of I ha- I 100 percent often so much appreciate and rely on. And I kind of find with um, some of my group of friends, we're good at reminding one another, right? So if one of us has those, tomorrow is a half day, or did you remember this form or tomorrow is pajama day or any of those things, um, I so appreciate the little reminders that kind of everybody gives one another about those types of things. Cause it's so many things and there's so many emails and it's so hard to keep it's track impossible. of everything. What's really been a huge savior of mine is yeah.
1: there's been a number of, uh, a number of moms that have put together WhatsApp groups for all the parents in each class. And thank God, God bless these <laughs> moms who literally are on top of absolutely everything and they do and they post in the group about the early dismissal I mean okay fine early this is this is pre-covid right <laughs> That's, that we don't really have right now but you know the early dismissal or yeah. the um the uh, the the paperwork that has to be filled out or just something a half day here or you know as I said the gift for the they're they're collecting money just reminder and oh rat, okay <laughs> send it to you in an hour. Um, because if it were up to me, if I was on my own, I'd be forgetting three quarters of these things.
0: Well, and again, right. It takes a village and it makes such a difference. And I will confess to you that even though I said to uh, two of my children yesterday, remember your Google meets are at one is at noon and one is at three. Do you think we remembered at the time? No. So neither one went, Even virtually, sometimes it's a struggle, right?
1: It's a real struggle.
0: It yeah. took us a long <laughs> time to get a hang of our kids
1: like Zoom schedules, yes. conflicting Zoom schedules, which who's getting the tablet, who's getting the spare laptop. It's that was that was a whole other
0: feat in and of itself to overcome. Every day is an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And before we wrap things up, I was just wondering if you had any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are looking um, for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles.
1: It is, it's so much more awesome when you are sleep deprived, (laughs) when you are not sleep deprived. (laughs) It's so, and it's, it, it really can be so much more Physically and emotionally exhausting when you're not getting a proper night's sleep. So I would just tell you, you know, don't underestimate what your little one can do. Um, Even if your baby is strong-willed or maybe he's never slept a, a, a full night in his entire life and he's 18 months, it doesn't mean he can't learn. Better better late than never, right? You know, there's yeah. there's really the best time to get your little one sleeping through the night was last week, right? The second best time is today. And don't don't just don't underestimate what
0: your little one can do because here she can absolutely figure the sleep thing out. That is a great way to wrap things up. Thank you so <laughs> much, Eva. And thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story, ideas, and knowledge with us today. If our learner, listeners want to learn more about you and the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Yes.
1: So you can head to my website at mysleepingbaby.com and I've got a free sleep guide that you can download that's got my top seven sleep tips uh, that you can start implementing to get your little one sleeping immediately.
0: That's so perfect. I'll hand you that link so that your listeners can download it. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. That will be a very helpful resource for many, I am sure. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, Eva. It was so appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.